Uh, when you hear that money, that means Dave Spano's voice is coming up next. The president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, host of Money Talk Heard Saturday mornings here on WTMJ. Good morning, Dave Spano. Good morning. How are you? I am good. So I, I often look to the markets when I see some of the, the dives we've seen lately, and, and we're down to the 32s, number we haven't seen for a while, which is not good. But as you often tell me, and I want you to remind our listeners and our fans of the show, it also, when markets are down, present opportunities. What does that mean exactly? Well, it does. I mean, if you want to rebalance right now, obviously things are cheaper than what they were. That's that's the obvious reason there. But you have to look at you know when we're down so much, and, and it's been a couple of months now, really – is our things oversold, and will money start coming back? And you know, seasonality where the is is good. So seasonality is the fourth quarter and first quarter generally are better than the second and third quarter. It goes back to that that saying of sell and may and go away. But you know, right now it does look like it's oversold. But there's a lot of really good macro information that's coming out right now that is going to allow us an opportunity. Unless, of course, you know what we were what you were just talking about that regional conflict get turns into something much bigger then then all bets are off all right so what is your how much stock do you put into the the term misery index yeah. Well, we watch it. We we watch it. We don't. I mean, it's just one of those indicators that we do look at. But you know, the misery the misery index is you know, of course, how do people feel about it? What's the inflation rate? What are taxes? Everything. Right. You know, what? Let's take a look at that. But it is sentiment. It's part of sentiment, and sentiment drives a lot of things. And the most important thing that you have to look at when you talk about consumer sentiment is the GDP report because two thirds of GDP is made up by the consumer. If the consumer does not have a good sentiment, they stop spending. GDP, of course, goes down. If it gets negative back-to-back quarters, then we have a recession. But, you know, the GDP report that just came out the other day, 4.9%. I mean, that's a really big number. It may not stay that high. Part of that GDP, big GDP number, was that we had what are called inventory growth. So, you know, people built up, their, companies built up their inventory. That was about 1.5%. But even if you strip that out, that's 3.5%. That's still pretty good of a GDP report. So to stay on the spending side, we have, of course, the holiday season coming up, and Americans like to spend money on gifts. Do you see that positive G- GDP and, and the spending surge continuing? No, we think it's going to slow down. Um, it's not, I mean, this was a report that, you know, by the, way, by the way, when you have inventory rebuild and it boosts GDP, if they take down GDP because you're going to have, uh, you know, some Christmas shopping and some holiday shopping, that can work against you. And so maybe that GDP uh, burn down will, uh, will actually hurt GDP in the, in the fourth quarter and the first quarter. So it, we, do, we do believe it's going to stay in uh, positive but it's not going to have a, a blowout number like we just had. I know one of the big negatives has been consumer spending when they go into debt to do it, and often for things that are more luxury than necessities. Um, other concerns on the negative side that you see as somebody who looks at all these things? Well, the sentiment is, is for sure part of that, but of course the market is cautious because of all of, of this geopolitical tension. And, you know, does it become something bigger than a regional conflict? You saw that the United States was involved in. So the market right now is, is trying to understand that. And what's happening is you're starting to see people de-risk their portfolio. What does that mean? That they sometimes they sell some of their equities. Maybe they had some winners. Maybe they took some losses as they go into the fourth quarter. But then they're buying treasuries. And that, of course, affects the interest rates. And right now, 
you know, we were starting to see a flattening out of the Treasury curve, something that we haven't seen, obviously, in a very long time. The 2 and the 30 are almost equal. The still, the, you know, the 10-year is still a little bit lower, but more money is going into Treasuries, and that's affecting the yield curve. But, you know, of course, you know, everybody remembers what was called, this term was called quantitative easing. And quantitative easing is really the Fed goes out and, and kind of, you know, manipulates, if you will, what's happening with the interest rates. And they did that, Steve, starting back in the financial crisis, right, mm-hmm. back in 2008. But it went on for 12 years, right? And back then, you know, when it, when, the, when it started happening in 2008, I'd say third quarter of 2008, there was $10 trillion, $10 trillion of United States debt. Today it's at $33 trillion. So we've tripled the debt in this country over that same time period. So what happens this week is the Fed is going to meet and, you know, will they continue to uh, affect the interest rates? We think they're going to stand pat, but all of this goes together. So what am I concerned about? I'm concerned about debt. I'm concerned about what the Fed is going to do. The good news, of course, is earnings have been better than expected for the most part, and that GDP has been positive. So you mentioned the conflict in Gaza, the the war in the Middle East, um, as one of those concerns. The other one we have to talk about is, of course, politics in America. And we have an unsettled race in the Republican Party. Well, I shouldn't say that, really, because Donald Trump seems to be the leading candidate and has been for all of the, the polling that's been done before any votes are actually cast. But as the uncertainty about his political future uh, becomes maybe more apparent in the early part of 2024. Do you see that as having a serious impact on what the consumer confidence is, what the investors are thinking? Yeah, I, I mean, it generally does. So, so politics and economics often collide. But in the bigger picture, Steve, uh, the fundamentals do outweigh. So the fundamentals of being how the economy is doing, how individual companies are doing, generally outweigh that. But, you know, the way I always talk about politics is really more about policy than politics. And so you can choose to be a D or an R or anything else in between. But what is the policy affiliated with your thinking is really what's more important to the markets. And so you think about tax policy, you talk about fiscal policy, you talk about those issues, those really drive more than who is sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. What are their policies? What what is Congress going to do with those ideas? That's, to me, more important. So policy over politics is really what the market does uh, really look at, more importantly. You were talking about, we're talking about, to Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, and great resource always is AnnexWealth.com. We're talking about the deficit. Do you think, this is sort of a political question, sort of not. Do you think most elected officials, most voters, citizens, understand why that growing national deficit is important? No. No, I, I mean, do, do, do more investors. No, they, they don't. I mean, I mean, every I, the people talk about what is happening with the debt, but you have to think about what that does not only to what you leave your grandchildren in this country and the amount of debt. And in in when you when you, here, this is something that people probably don't understand. When you have you spend more than you take in. You have an annual deficit, and that's in your own house. That's in if you're operating a mom-and-pop store. If you spend more than you take in, you have a deficit. And in this country, we have had deficits. This will be an enormous deficit this year. That deficit, annual deficit, gets lopped on to the national debt, and that's how we've gotten there. So what would be the first step? First step would be let's balance the budget. Let's have 
a situation where the deficit is not as enormous or is zero even better. Uh, and you know, there's been one time in the last 30 years, uh, around uh, 1999, 2000, that it did balance out and the debt went down. So that's the first step. Can you get to a balanced budget? I think Buffett once said, if you ever wanted to uh, have term limits, just make sure that they balance the budget, because you know uh, if they're not, they're all going to be gone, right? So uh, balance the budget would be step number one. That reduces the acceleration of the debt. Now, this country has GDP, and so if, let's just assume that the GDP of this country is $30 trillion, just to make that argument. It could support $30 trillion of debt, but if it's, excel- if it's accelerating the, the amount of debt that you have in this country, that's what you have to worry about, and that's where you start. Let's balance a budget. That is a policy. It doesn't matter if it's a D or an R that I think everybody could get behind. Last thing for you, Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. We talked a lot in October about estate planning, getting your, your stuff in order. What are you thinking ahead for the remainder of 2023 that folks should be thinking about? Yeah, if you want to do tax planning, now is the time to do that. As we head into the end of the year, go through your portfolios. If you're not sure how to do tax planning or, you know, there's a difference between tax compliance. That means actually doing your return and tax policy, that is, and and using those things. That is what you need to do right now. Tax planning means looking at your portfolio. Should you do Roth conversions? Should you take some tax loss selling? Should Should you fund some accounts? This is the tax planning that really makes the difference. And we measure that, and, and that is a big part of hiring a full-scale fee-only fiduciary is are they doing that? Are they reducing your tax liability, you know, and not by just slamming it into, you know, an annuity and so the guy can get a commission? It is really an opportunity to lower things through some thoughtful planning. No better place than AnnexWealth.com. They've never not answered a question. I'm a guy who asks a lot of questions. I'm also a customer and a client. So thank you, Dave Spano. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Have a good show. All right. Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Always enjoy our conversations. And if you have a chance, check out Money Talk on Saturday. I learned so much, often doing yard work or doing things around the house, having it in the background. I can hear uh, Dave and his great team at Annex answering the questions. You know, they do a lot of fo- high, highly focused topics, so you really get an understanding from the layman's perspective of what matters and what doesn't. So, as I said, the best resource for you, AnnexWealth.com.